Hi, I'm Colm O'Sullivan, and this is the Policy Options Podcast, powered by the Institute for Research on Public Policy. Over the past few years, municipal budgets have been strained. Among regular costs, the pandemic has created new and unpredictable expenses. Climate-related disasters are increasing in number and scale, and municipalities are on the front lines of defense in supporting their citizens. That's where provincial municipal equalization payments come in. These payments have essentially the same concept as federal equalization payments, but are administered by the province between municipalities. But the current state of these payments is messy and could be seriously improved. But improving these systems is not easy. And when finances are on the line, transparency is key. Today, I'll be speaking with Enid Slack. Enid is the director of the Institute on Municipal Finance and Governance at the University of Toronto's Monk School. Enid and co-author the late Richard M. Byrd have outlined a way for provincial governments to work towards a better system of provincial municipal equalization. Well, Enid Slack, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Now, listeners of this podcast are, are well-versed in federal equalization payments since we've done an episode on the topic, but we're going to be talking about something a little different today, which is provincial local equalization payments. So could you give us a, a bit of an overview on what they are and what they do? Okay. Well, thanks for the question, Colm. You're quite right. Federal provincial equalization is a source of great debate in Canada, but we rarely talk about provincial municipal equalization payments. Uh, the concept underlying the two are pretty much the same. In the case of provincial municipal equalization transfers, the goal is to ensure that municipalities are able to provide a reasonably comparable level of service by levying comparable tax rates. And they may not be able to do that in the absence of an equalization transfer. And the reason is that their needs differ, their costs differ, and their fiscal capacity differs. So, for example, their needs differ because they may have different demographics. You know, a municipality with an older population may have different expenditure needs than a younger one with a younger population. Uh, if there's a lot of low-income households in the municipality, the needs may be different. The costs may be different because of geography, because of climate, wages may be different in different municipalities. And the fiscal capacity or the size of the tax base differs. And so they may not be able to provide a comparable level of services at a comparable level of tax um, because of these differences. And, you know, we started by talking about federal provincial equalization, but I would argue there's a stronger case to be made for provincial municipal equalization. And the reason is that the, the range of disparities is likely to be greater among municipalities than among provinces, because municipalities cover a smaller geographic area, and there are many more of them. You know, there are over 3,700 municipalities in Canada, there are 10 provinces. Now, that is interesting, and it sounds like it's similar to the federal program, at least in principle. But I wonder, since, since we have 10 provinces, do they each have their own standardized system, or is everyone kind of just doing their own thing? Provincial municipal equalization is done by provincial governments. And so currently in Canada, uh, six provinces provide some form of equalization grant to municipalities. Uh, British Columbia, Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and PEI. And they're going to be different in each province. Some of them are larger than others, for example. But generally, in those provinces that provide equalization, there's a formula to determine which municipalities get the equalization transfer and how much they get. 
Of the six, two provinces, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, include measures of fiscal capacity and size of the tax base, and also measures of expenditure need. But the other provinces only look at fiscal capacity. They only look at the size of the tax base. So in those two provinces, uh, there's a recognition both of the differences in fiscal capacity, but also the differences in the need to make expenditures and the cost differences. What does it mean when you say the provinces only rely on fiscal capacity? And what are the provinces doing that don't have an equalization formula? Like, how, how do those municipalities in those provinces cover their expenses? What that means in reality is, uh, you know, municipalities depend on the property tax. And so usually the measure that goes into those formulas is the size of the tax base, the, the assessed value of property. For those provinces that don't have an equalization system, and even those who do, there are other provincial transfers. So, for example, some provinces provide tax sharing, where the province shares a portion of its revenues with municipalities. An example would be Saskatchewan, um, where municipalities get a share of provincial sales tax revenues. Uh, Very recently, Quebec has started sharing one percentage point of the sales tax with municipalities. Other grants are per capita, but most of the grants um, are conditional. They have to be spent on specific functions. So you may get a transfer for transportation. You may get a transfer for housing, that sort of thing. Um, Some of them are matching. So the province agrees to match a certain percentage of municipal expenditures. But these are all different than equalization, right? Equalization is an unconditional grant. It can be spent wherever the municipality wants to spend it. And they're usually set up by a formula. Yeah, and I and I think one important thing to note is how important these transfers are for municipalities and in turn their citizens, but also that these municipalities are starting to feel a greater financial pressure. So can you discuss this? Well, they're 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 more important to some municipalities than other, depending on um, the expenditures they have to make and and the revenues they collect. You know, I would say for the last number of years, Canadian municipalities have been facing increasing pressures on their expenditures, but at the same time, they've seen little change in the sources of revenue that they have. So, you know, on the expenditure side, local governments deliver a wide range of services, as you well know. Um, they, they provide roads, transit, water, sewers, solid waste collection and disposal, police and fire protection, parks, libraries, cultural facilities, public health, social services, affordable housing. But, you know, there's a long list of services they're providing. And increasingly, they've been taking on added responsibilities. For example, in response to climate change, we've seen some of the issues around uh, fires and flooding. Uh, They're responding to demographic change and aging population, uh, increasing uh, income inequality, and of course, the pandemic. Can we have a conversation without talking about the pandemic? But what we've seen uh, during this pandemic is that municipalities are really on the front lines when it comes to delivering services. So we have all these pressures on the expenditure side of the budget. At the same time, their municipal own source revenues, in other words, the revenues they collect themselves, haven't changed very much. They have property taxes, some other smaller taxes, and user fees. That's basically what they depend on. And even those revenue sources are facing pressure. So, you know, we're seeing people again as a result of the pandemic, but even before, Uh, More people are working from home. Um, More people are shifting to online shopping. 
And that means the demand for commercial property space has gone down, and that will affect property taxes at some point. Uh, the commercial tax base may shrink, or at least not provide the growing source of revenue that it has for municipalities in the past. So if you've got all these pressures on the expenditure side and no new revenue sources for municipalities, they are going to have to turn to the federal and provincial governments uh, for transfers. So the transfers are very important. Now, some of them are going to be conditional, as I talked about before, to help pay for transit or housing. But equalization transfers will still be needed uh, because all these pressures I mentioned will affect municipalities differently. And it is important that they all can deliver a comparable level of service at a comparable tax rate. And I would also add that even if municipalities are given other revenue sources by the province, you know, the province will determine determines what municipalities can tax. Even if there are new revenue sources, there will still be a need for equalization because not all municipalities will be able to take advantage of the new sources to the same extent. So if suddenly municipalities can levy an income tax, some municipalities will have a strong income tax base, others will not. And so you will need equalization even more if you added uh, other revenue sources for municipalities. And in your paper, you're quite critical of the, the current state of these transfers. So could you explain those criticisms to me? Well, you know, that that's a, a general comment on the provincial municipal transfer system. And I think we in the paper refer to it as messy or and foggy. You know, municipalities have uh, ongoing expenditure needs and they increase over time. They need stable and predictable sources of funding. And so I think some stability and more predictability and, you know, an understanding of, of what the goals of these transfers are and the formulas being used to divide up the funds, I, I think, would improve the system. And you've actually written six elements that you say need to be included uh, into an effective and trusted equalization formula. Can you go over those for me? Yes, we did come up with six points to keep in mind when creating an effective equalization transfer. So the first is that provinces need to determine the overall amount of the equalization grant and how it's going to change from year to year. So, you know, is it just going to be a fixed amount that the province decides, or is it going to be a fixed share of provincial revenues every year? Is it going to increase by inflation every year? How is it going to change over time? Again, as I said before, municipalities need stable and predictable funding. And, and so they need to know how much they're going to get each year and how it's determined. The second uh, thing to consider is which municipalities are going to be entitled to equalization. So here's where we need a formula to ensure that municipalities can provide a comparable level of service at a comparable tax rate. Ideally, the formula would include measures of fiscal capacity and measures of fiscal need. But then you have to decide what is comparable. I keep saying comparable level of expenditures, comparable level of taxes. What do we mean? Well, are we equalizing up to the average of all municipalities in the province? Are we equalizing up to the municipality that spends the most? You know, what, what, do, what do we mean by comparable um, and how are we going to measure it? The third thing is we need to determine whether the grant can be influenced by municipalities. In other words, 
you know, does it have variables in the formula that municipalities can influence? And that would not be a good idea. You know, you wouldn't want to put the actual taxes or the actual expenditures into a formula because municipalities could manipulate that to increase their grant. So, for example, they could increase their expenditures to get more grant, or they could lower their tax rate to get more grant. That's not exactly providing the right incentives. We're not trying to get municipalities to spend more and tax less. That's not the objective. Um, it's, it's to provide a comparable level of services um, at a comparable tax rate. So you want to use what we call maybe external factors, things, uh, factors that municipalities can't influence. So, for example, the size of their tax base. I mean, they ha may have an indirect input into that, but really they can't influence the size of the tax base. The fourth consideration is how to measure fiscal capacity. And again, that's the ability to raise revenues. So generally where we have equalization grants uh, at the provincial municipal level, it's usually the size of the tax base that goes into the formula, the property tax base. And as I mentioned before, the property tax is the main tax for municipalities. But they do have some other taxes. You know, some municipalities levy um, entertainment taxes or land transfer taxes, hotel taxes. Should they also be included in that ability to raise revenues? What about user fees? Not a tax, but still, you know, as revenue source for municipalities. So we have to consider how fiscal capacity is measured. The fifth consideration, and you said there are only six, so we're getting there. <laughs> the fifth consideration is how to measure need. And as I mentioned earlier, there are only two provinces that actually put a measure of need into the provincial municipal equalization formula. Again, as I said before, um, we don't want to use actual expenditures because that provides an incentive for municipalities to increase expenditures. And also actual expenditures does not necessarily just reflect need and cost differences. It also could reflect differences in preferences. It might even reflect some inefficiencies in, in the uh, expenditure system. So you, you don't want to use actual expenditures. You may want to use the average uh, for all municipalities or, or, some, or something else. You may also need to group municipalities according to other characteristics. For example, if you've got three large municipalities and a lot of smaller municipalities, and you take an average of their expenditures, it's, it's heavily weighted by the bigger municipalities. So maybe you want to group the bigger municipalities in one group, medium-sized municipalities, smaller municipalities, or maybe urban and rural. So you're equalizing within groups of similar types of municipalities. And, and a couple of provinces do do that now. Or, you know, you may want to look at, look at ex average expenditures and say, well, my expenditures in my municipality are different. You know, I have a much denser um, urban form, and so my, my costs are different. So you may also want to weight some of those average expenditures to reflect differences. It, it's, not, it's not an easy job to design a provincial municipal equalization formula. There's a lot of considerations that, that have to be taken into account. The sixth consideration is around transitional funding. So over time, uh, the fiscal capacity or needs of a municipality may change. And so, for example, maybe their fiscal capacity goes up and they don't need the funding anymore. They could lose their funding. So the question is, do we phase them out or just cut them off that year? And so that's a difficult decision because there's a trade-off. 
a municipality may need time to adjust to lower transfers, and so you may want to phase it in. But the transitional funding also means that you're hurting those um, municipalities that are worse off. So if you're phasing in the ones that are doing better, it's a finite amount of pool of funds, right? So if you're if you're phasing in those who are who are losing money, you're hurting those who should be getting more money. So there's a lot of tough decisions that have to be made around designing a proper equalization transfer. Well, it certainly sounds like it. And and I, and I actually took some notes here because I think everything you said is very important. And, and I just want to go over them to make sure I got everything. So an effective equalization formula for municipalities would be stable and predictable, have a formula, it's uninfluenced by municipalities, it ensures municipalities have the needed capacity, it should understand the average expenditure, and has a plan to transition away from the equalization payments. Did I get it all? I, I think that's roughly it. So, so that's the Sparknotes version. <laughs> now, I actually want to pick apart one of these aspects because, you know, we know that the federal government's equalization system is based on a formula, and this formula essentially decides how much money to give. So on a provincial scale, should there be one formula for all provinces, or is it best that they each have their own? And if you could also tell me why a formula is the best way to determine how much municipality will get. Municipalities in Canada are governed by provincial legislation, and so we can't expect to have one formula for the country. We're going to have it determined in each province. But definitely a formula is important to determine how much each municipality is going to get. It provides an objective way of determining how the transfers will be given out to municipalities. It's transparent. Uh, so municipalities can understand why they got the amount of grant they got and even figure it out for themselves. You know, they should be able to put in the data into the formula and, and figure out how much they're going to get. That doesn't mean they're going to love the formula, but at least they know what it is. It's transparent. And it gives them some predictability. We talked about stability and predictability. So they have some sense of how much they will be getting from the transfer. Again, you know, as I said before, municipalities have a lot of pressures on the expenditure side of their budget. They have uh, limited ability to raise revenues. And so in many cases, these transfers are, are important to them. But particularly where you've got municipalities that are, you know, some are going to be more able to levy taxes than others. Some are going to have fewer expenditure needs than others. And so, again, the whole concept here is to be able to provide a comparable level of service or at least an average level of service by levying a comparable or average tax rate. So this is really about horizontal equity, right? It's really about municipalities being, you know, in a province, for example, and municipalities being able to, to do roughly comparable things without unduly high tax rates. Well, I think this is definitely an important consideration for provinces in, in a way to support some of these municipalities as, as we emerge from the pandemic. And I think your guide is a good one to follow. So, so Enid Slack, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I want to say thanks again to Enid Slack for joining me on the podcast today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating or review wherever you listen. And if you know someone who might be interested, please send it to them. You can also contact us on all social media under the handle IRPP, or you can send us an email at communications at IRPP.org. 
You can also send me a message on Twitter under the handle Colum F. O'Sullivan. That's C-O-L-M-F O'Sullivan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>